we know one thing for sure it will not be the same as what it was before so it's important for us to kind of understand what what are the skills what are the things that are needed to make sure that we step into the new reality uh, with a lot of confidence welcome everyone this is going to be the last episode of this season of the world of work the wow podcast and as mona was alluding to mona is the guest speaker of this episode we do need to start equipping ourselves with different skill sets as we start embracing uh, a different reality and a new future but that's going to be for the next season because today it's all about having an internal perspective of how companies have been adapting, how they've been changing in this new world. How are they looking at staffing? Are they hiring? Yes, no. And I did want to have that internal point of view before closing. And who better than Mona Amin to give us that internal perspective? Mona was born and brought up in India. She has over 20 years of international HR experience across India and Europe, as well as the Middle East and emerging markets. She is a change leader. When you see Mona walking down a corridor, you know there's going to be change happening and you know she's going to be successful at it because she combines strong work ethics, strong people ethics, and she tells it like it is. And by the way, one small other detail before we start, Mona has a degree in applied physics. So if any of you ever want to have a conversation about the relativity theory, about quantum physics, about the universe, and about Einstein, you know who to call. But for now, we're going to land back on this planet and talk about the world of work together with Mona Amin. Very privileged to have you because you you will be able to provide us with a little bit more of an internal perspective, perhaps, of how, from your point of view, you've been... Um, seeing and witnessing the impact of this particular crisis, how how it's been impacting uh, the way people work, um, what you've been noticing, how, how are companies considering or perhaps reconsidering the ways of working as well, also due to this crisis. Not, uh, people are saying it's just accelerated some of the changes, but would love to hear your perspective from an internal point of view. Absolutely. This lockdown has given us a very good understanding of essential work. I, I never have come across this term and the meaning of this term to the extent that we have uh, during the lockdown period. I think we have stripped down essential, non-essential and come to the acceptance that a lot of us, including myself, our work is non-essential, right? When it came to the real lockdown, those who were on the front line, those who had to go to work no matter what, was a very different group. And it gives us a, the opportunity to be grateful and thankful that they were out there supporting during those difficult times. And it's still ongoing in many, many parts of the world. So it's, it's, it's interesting to first acknowledge the essential, non-essential work. Um, also, for non-essential workers like, like me, uh, typical office-based work jobs, uh, even those like sales and marketing has completely redefined the, 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 the setup. Um, we are more and more getting inclined towards remote working. We are more and more getting the sense of work can happen from anywhere. I think uh, this 
this crisis has uh, somehow helped us understand our adaptability, the nature of, of human beings to adapt into whatever circumstances they are into and find ways to get things still done. Um, a few months ago, if we would have thought of a world where we all would be working from home all the time, this was completely unbelievable, but now it's the new reality. And, and a lot of people have accepted it. And, it seems like this trend will continue as we move into the new future as well. So, so that's very interesting because um, in moments of crisis, right, extraordinary moments bring about extraordinary actions and, and reactions and ways of figuring out ways, you know, of, of, of adapting so that, so that we can be operational. Uh, what do you think are those things that we will not go back to that anyway, you know, there's there's a saying of we'll go back to to a new normal. This new normal, what what kind of things do you think we're going to keep from the past that we're still going to, you know, cherish? Of course, from the past. And what are those things that you believe are really not we're, we're not going to replicate from the past that are really going to be a new new way of of working or even a new way of looking at work. Personally, I feel the importance of uh, health and safety um, and what health and safety means in times of such crisis um, has been has, has just come out in reality for all of us. Um, this importance and compliance to it, compliance to all the health and safety measures is probably the, the thing which we will see a lot more of uh, the consciousness of, you know, staying home and, and how many times have we seen this where people with flu still come to work? I doubt if that would again happen, right? In the, in the months and years that we move forward, I think people will be very cautious of their own health, but also how little things that they do might affect others. So it's a two-way thing. But again, a lot of consciousness around what it means for employee health and safety, your own personal health and safety. I think that part will become a little bit more prominent in, in our workplaces, but also what it means for us when we are visiting people, even personally. I also don't see that we would be going back to the same office setup, whether it is closed offices or open office spaces. Uh, it's it's very, very likely that there will be um, an adoption or acceptance for remote working, uh, allowing people the flexibility to get work done, no matter where they are based and, and, and how the setup would look like. Um, a lot of companies have very quickly adapted the policies to make that happen for the crisis. And it's very difficult to see that we will reverse it 100%. There will be some, some degree of reversal to start seeing social interactions because that's been a big missing element in, in, in the current setup. We need that. Uh, but on the other hand, it would be very important for us to also see that we are not going back to the same setup and we are using the new learning that we've had of work can happen remote as well. Um, I also personally feel that business travels in some of the industries which was, you know, used for 
every meeting, quite a lot of meetings that were happening. I would doubt if business travel will go back to the same limits as it was before. So it, it is very much likely that we will trail back and go choose where we travel and the reasons why where travel will be critical. I, I do feel that there will be quite a few filters on these. Which of course triggers so many other questions in my head, um, but, but perhaps we, we will not cover it here, but like a little bit the long-term consequences from an economic pers perspective on some industries, right, or some areas that it could be, you know, hospitality, airlines, um, and even office rental, you know, space and, and uh, talking with some colleagues, they, they really are reconsidering some of their lease agreements, you know, regarding the, 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 the office rents, etc. So it's, it's still unknown what's going to happen and how these industries may be, may be shaped. That would be my first consideration. And, and also going back to your initial point on the essential work, workers, um, I felt exactly the same way, which how paradoxical it is, or how humbling I would rather say it is to realize what is really, really essential besides toilet paper. We've learned that seems to have been an essential part of our products, which <laughs> just, it has kind of changed Maslow's need, which to me is still mind boggling, but putting toilet paper aside, you know, the, the essential workers are also at times the one that are paid less or recognized even less in the work that they actually do. Um, and so I do realize that opens up another topic in terms of perhaps how the remuneration system at some stage may also adapt to a different way of looking at work and also a different way of rewarding and recognizing work financially. So, you know, the industrial and, and, and the economic impact on certain industries is one area. I think that's a big, big question mark. And also the other one, you know, reconsidering what essential work really is like and are we, are, are we rewarding them and recognizing this essential work in, in the most appropriate way, right? That's, that's a very, very interesting topic. And I think it's not just you and me, but a lot of people have been thinking about it. And I would be very surprised if the policymakers would not give it a further deep down thought and uh, new policies uh, wouldn't come out from it, whether it is the number of hours they put in, how the ships are designed, their safety in terms of, of you know, when they're called on duty during these difficult times, when there is exposure to things that the rest of the world considers risky, um, and, you know, the pay for, for, for getting work done in, in times like this, if not all the time. Yeah. And uh, going back to what you were saying about the working from anywhere and and kind of this uh, sense of, of awareness that, yeah, technically some jobs, you can really do them from, from anywhere. Um, and then the fact that employees will probably be a little bit more concerned, cautious regarding their own health safety, not only for themselves, but also for, for the colleagues. Have you... Have you also checked in with your with um, with your people, let's say, with your employees, in terms of how how they feel about coming back to work in a more traditional way, let's say, and how do they feel about the post COVID 
reopening, um, you know, has that also shifted a little bit their own thinking of saying, you know, the majority want to continue working from home, for example, or what's a little bit the, the, the sentiment? So we've, we've been connected as HR professionals and this topic has been discussed very widely uh, within the HR community. A lot of the organizations are, in, are going through surveys um, to make sure we kind of get the pulse of the organization, understand, you know, what it feels like as a reaction. Um, bigger cities have different realities. The groups are different. The fact that the schools have not opened up in, in many places um, creates a different situation for parents with children uh, who, who do not necessarily have the right uh, setup to take care of children. So until the schools open, to even consider bringing them back to work um, just doesn't feel right. So there are a lot of underlying factors that are critical for getting people back to work. Use of public transportation versus use of uh, your own vehicle. And in big cities where a lot more people are dependent on public transportation, the risk public transportation usage carries on, on transmitting uh, the virus, etc., has uh, allowed the organizations to look into what is necessary and, you know, can we still continue um, using the, the, the setups we had to heavily rely on uh, during the crisis. So there are, it's, it's not just people's mindset of coming back to work. A lot do want to come back to work to have some sense of normalcy. But at the same time, there are a lot of underlying factors which until are completely resolved, we will, we, it's impossible to see going back. And the fact that people have acknowledged that this works. If work from home works, right. then what's, you know, why do we need to kind of force people? We need to provide office spaces. We're not saying that everybody will work from home all the time. We need to provide office spaces. There are real benefits of having these places where we can come together, you know, manage our meetings, the social interactions, which we have been missing. It's important to get back to that, them as well. There will be office spaces. We are not saying that we will completely get off it, um, but there will be some level of, uh, let's say, calibration between how work can be done and create new workspaces. And new workspaces may not necessarily look the same which we were used to in the past. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was talking to um, to a colleague the other day, and it was an interesting survey, to your point, right, that's being done at the moment, where, you know, asking employees, how do you feel about coming back? And what's the, the percentage a little bit about um, wanting to work from home versus coming back, etc. So it's pretty interesting, because like 40%, roughly, bit less than half would say they're fine to continue working from anywhere or have that flexibility. Another 40% kind of saying, let's have flexible working arrangements, right? So, you know, maybe a couple of, of days working from home or at least the flexibility to decide how many days you can work from home or work from the office. 
and and a smaller percentage a minority but still most of the time due to either because of their home situation where it makes it difficult for people to concentrate and to stay home and, and actually work effectively and and also the ones who really miss um a bit that office space uh, so let's say that that 20 kind of saying i, I do want to go back and have a place uh right that i can call my office space quote unquote um but but I do think it it will depend a lot on how things develop as well in the future because we're such adaptable species, aren't we? That uh, we pick up very quickly new patterns, new behaviors that that may also change, right? Absolutely. And again, it's it's not about just working from home, but as you said, working from anywhere. And and that's again a discussion that's coming along is like you know why do we have to restrict ourselves to home? We can really work from anywhere. Um, I think there is some cautiousness as well this because you know companies do want to make sure that work gets done and 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 you know the reservations around you know the safety that employees could have when they are not necessarily in a setup or in an environment which is considered safe so there will be a lot of policy discussions even at uh, at, at the organizational level to see what is really fit for purpose for what is needed in these times uh, and, and, and yes there are groups of people who absolutely need to be at work even during the crisis we realize that there are groups who are either because of systems because of uh, you know specific um, equipments need to be at the office spaces and, and we need to understand that that group does exist and we need to make a possible arrangement for this group as well. Mm. And, and I do think the big challenge too is as much as employees want measures of safety, security and, and, and all of that, which is uh, perfectly understandable, there's a whole, there's, there's a moment where you need to get to work, right, to your point. So you are exposed to many other situations that may not be so much under control. So whether it's the public transportation or whether, you know, you may have to travel nonetheless for business, et cetera, but there are end touch points you may have with the external world and that the employer is really difficult for the employer even to take, to guarantee, let's put it this way, um, full immunity, if I may use that word, right? I mean, there's only so much, I guess you guys can do to, to maintain a safety within the premises, within, you know, the, the, the corporate environment, but there's, there's a lot of variables you Absolutely. cannot control. Absolutely. I mean, as, 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 as we are understanding more and more from the surveys, uh, a lot of dependency on the public transportation and the, the fact that at this stage, offices are opening up 10 to 20% only. So we are refraining people who are who have to use public transportation because they do not have other alternatives. We are asking them to stay back and kind of should have the option of working from from home or working from remote. Um, whereas this option, I mean, people those who have their own transportation then can come to work. Um, but again, the open office opening is also slow. We are also looking at you know if we do have any other cases how are we going to track back uh, tracing 
track and trace is is very prominent in some countries but not in all because of uh, the gdpr issue and as an organization or as organization it's a difficult one to take a decision whether you want to sign up for it or not because uh, of of the data privacy issues that are attached with it so then how do we contain uh, or, or keep bubbles which we are also able to track and isolate if we do see cases happening amongst them so it's 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 not an easy one um, but again this is a transition phase until we get to the new norm new reality but what we are seeing with what's happening right now as we speak of second waves coming into countries that face the situation early on um, and and the reality that this virus is here to stay it's not that it's as soon as the lockdown is is ended or we are moving to phase two phase three in some countries and opening up because of economic reasons it does not necessarily mean that we are going back to the pre-covid era it's not that it is this, this virus is still here to stay with us and we're going to be we're going to be living with it for, for for a long time yeah so it's a turning point isn't it it's a bit like uh, one of those markers, most probably in history, that's uh, there's a before and there's an after. Um, and that, that's one of the, the other reasons behind this type of initiatives or projects regarding the world of work, which is um, how to also be proactive about it, meaning now we find ourselves with an acceleration towards change because of an external situation that's demanded it, right? But but how do we take this opportunity to also do the changes that we think are the right changes to do? Um, and they were long overdue in some cases. And, and regardless of, of a virus or a non-virus, right? It's, uh, and I'm wondering if besides the ways of working, whether this has also triggered different ways of designing work. So whether this has also triggered a reflection again, from an internal company perspective, business perspective on how to design differently certain jobs may, the, the, the tasks, the activities that may have been linked to certain roles, that there's a greater maybe flexibility across, across that as opposed to typical, let's say, uh, uh, job description, where these are the activities, these, these are the tasks, you're confined to that role. Have you seen or are you considering any further reflections on really designing work in such a way that you may even have different professions popping up at some stage or different, uh, uh, yeah, different roles? Well, as HR professionals, we have, even before the pandemic, we have seen the shift of work roles. A lot of the contract assignments, gig economy, as we would say it, or um, interim assignments have, uh, consultant assignments have taken off. Um, this portion, this proportion was becoming more and more bigger because of different reasons in different countries. And we do see that, you know, there is a high probability that due to this crisis, there will be a bit of an acceleration to really looking at what's needed here and now, how can we get it done through this group, which is or this pool, which is readily available uh, at times in many of the countries, 
solve for the problem and then kind of come along to see whether there is a real need for a, a permanent position if, if, if that's the term you're kind of looking for right so um, it, it, it is a different right. um, it, it's not something that is created because of this the crisis it was already there I think it has just got accelerated and and we are moving a little bit more faster now to see ourselves face that as a reality recruitments uh, you know there even industries where there is a lot of resilience and I do consider some of the industries like uh, the pharma sector, the healthcare sector, quite resilient to to this crisis compared to some other sectors like travel and hospitality, and and even the resilient sectors are cautious with the recruitments. They are going ahead with you know wherever it's absolutely needed, but there are questions being asked. Say, do you really need it now? Is it now? You know, can can we not kind of consider it? in a few months from now but where we have a real reason or justification we're moving forward right so it's they it's not that there is a hold on on recruitments but there is a bit of this feel of saying let's let's kind of re-look what the new future would look like and it's uh it's it's a little crystal ball i don't think we have the ability to read read it right now as to what what the new age would look like, but uh, we know one thing for sure, it will not be the same as what it was before. So it's important for us to kind of understand what what are the skills, what are the um, things that are needed to make sure that we step into the new reality uh, with a lot of confidence. And, and the one word which I don't think anyone has missed uh, in this crisis is the need for digitization. Um, the need to learn the new skills, whether it is uh, the use of uh, IT equipments, apps, whatever. And I, I do feel as organizations, we have been extremely grateful uh, to the IT infrastructure, which has allowed us to sustain through this crisis without feeling, um, you know, a, a, a glitch or a, or a hinge. We have just you know, very smoothly transitioned into this new reality, all because of the infrastructure that we have somehow, for some reason, invested it in the past. Yeah, for some people, it's probably been a smooth transition. For others, it may have been a bit bumpier. But ultimately, the conversation with Mona was also about the amazing adaptability that we as humans have. And as we look into the future of work, we'll need to be even more adaptable and kind of look into different skill sets. And I would dare say different mindsets, too. But that's the end of part one of this last episode of The World of Work together with Mona. Do make sure you join us for part two. Subscribe, send us your email address, and we'll make sure you have access to part two of this episode and the other episodes as well of the World of Work podcast. So until the next time, thanks for listening. And as always, do take good care.